You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. I'm Dr. Phil Klein. Dentistry is transitioning from a passive, reactive repair model to an active approach that promotes proactive care, and dental sealants are at the center of this transition. Today, we'll be discussing sealants that support an environment favorable of remineralization and promote the natural healing process in the oral cavity. Our guest today is Dr. Joy Void-Holmes, a hygienist with 25 years of clinical experience with a doctorate in health sciences. She is founder of Dr. Joy RDH and creator of the Dental Hygiene Student Planner. She is program chair of the Fortis College Dental Hygiene Program, holds a faculty position at the American Denturist School, and is a professional speaker and published author. She has presented continuing education courses nationally and internationally. So we're very happy to have her on the show today. Dr. Joy, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Thank you, Dr. Conant. It's a pleasure to be here. I, I'm excited. I love talking about um, just all things dentistry, and I love educating. So it is with great pleasure that yeah. I am here with you. Yeah, you. and sealants are such a great topic to talk about because it really does stem from prevention. And that's so much of my feeling of everything in life. You prevent your problems, you fix fix your car, you take (laughs) care of your health, you (laughs) fix your roof because you don't want leaks in your, I mean, let's, let's face it. Those that are prepared and try to live their life preventing things, not to be, you know, OCD about it, but just in general. Right. um, Exactly. You don't want to always react. right? Right. Exactly, exactly. And that's just about anything in life. So getting into the topic of this podcast, many of us think that we kind of know everything we need to know about dental sealants. How complicated is it is what they're probably thinking. But the more I talk to you, the more I learn, I don't really know as much as I thought I knew. (laughs) So where are we in the conversation today about sealants and dentistry? And interestingly enough, you've really focused your career on sealants. So what has inspired you to pursue sealants as your area of expertise? So I'll answer the second part first. So I did a lot of work um, prior to getting into education. I did a lot of work in different schools um, and I actually worked in different um, children's clinics, um, you know, when I did clinical full time. And I found myself placing a lot of sealants. You know, you get to see some of these different populations where you know that the the time that you have with them in their chair, sometimes you know that that's all they're going to get. Sometimes, you know, they'll come back to see you. Sometimes they won't. So for me, I wanted to do whatever I could. Um, We were just talking about prevention, right? Not always reacting. So if I could put these patients in the best position to not develop that carious lesion, in addition to the fluoride varnish um, sealants is something that I really worked with. And I just found myself placing so much of them. And what I realized is that, you know, the the technician, the clinician can make or break the procedure, but also the the material that you use. Um, And so I found that, you know, I would go into some offices and I'm like, wow, this works really, really great. And then other times I'm like, oh my gosh, this, this doesn't work as well. And so it really sparked my curiosity. I really wanted to know the science behind it and why is this working this way and why didn't it work this way? Um, In terms of sealants and where we are today, um, I think people are really starting to believe that they they work. We're not just recommending sealants just because it's something that the insurance is going to pay for. They actually work. And I think we are also in a place where we know that sealants are just not recommended for children. 
there are some adults who actually can benefit from the placement of sealants. Um, so I think that that's very, very important as well, especially when you are in a place where you don't feel like um, you're going to practice according to what the insurance is going to pay. So I'm definitely recommending sealants for adults. And then I think um, with the sealants, we're, we're definitely in a place where we're concerned with what is in the sealant. So our patients are smarter. They have access to the Internet. And so they want to know what are these chemicals? You know, do they have these chemicals in them? I read, you know, the Internet can be a blessing and a curse. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've read that, you know, a lot of dental uh, materials are harmful for my mouth. And so I think that a lot of companies have responded positively and they've started making changes with some of uh, the materials that they yeah, have. In, in and we're going to get into some of those materials. I, I do want to ask you your recommendation on uh, specifically what kind of sealants you like. But before we get to that, what are some of the common myths about dental sealants that you see persisting over the years? And how do you educate dental professionals to go beyond those myths? So some of the myths, I just named one that they're for children only. Um, and so the thing is, it's all about prevention and it's not a one size fit all approach. So it should be very patient specific. So if you have an adult patient, a 60 year old patient who has a tooth surface that qualifies for a sealant, then you definitely want to place it. Um, I think the other myth, though, is that they last forever. And they don't always last forever. Um, and I think no matter what company's material you're using, sometimes those sealants will have to be replaced. So they need to be checked at every appointment. Um, some of the other myths that I find is that with some of the newer material, they feel like the, the surface still has to be completely dry. And in fact, if you are um, using a certain material and you're drying the surface, um, it may not work for you because some sealant materials work best in a moist environment. Um, so those are, I think, some of the common ones. So let me ask you this. If if you were my dentist and you said to me, Phil, you're going to need some sealants on your posterior teeth, specifically 30, 19, tooth number three, 14, you know, the molars. Um, right. And theoretically, let's say they didn't have any decay. And then I mm -hmm. said, Dr. Joy, I'm 60 years old. I don't have any cavities in these teeth. Mm -hmm. Why would I need them now? This is where your risk assessments come in. This is where conducting that thorough medical history, personal history, social history, some nutritional counseling. And I think that we're gonna find that our patients are at a really high risk for developing carious lesions. Um, and so I would pretty much just go to the risk assessment and it doesn't take long to complete one. Um, so that's what I would say. I would also you know, tell the person it's about preventing right? It's all about prevention. And so let's go back and let's use the car analogy. You're going to get your oil changed every three to 4,000 miles. Um, you're going to keep it clean. You're going to vacuum it. You're going to do all of that servicing so that nothing happens. And it's the same concept in the mouth. Um, and I like to apply it the, the, the same way. We want to do this so that nothing will happen. And then in addition to that, with some of the sealant materials, uh, they're constant rele constantly releasing fluoride. And our mouths are under acid attacks throughout the day. Like every time you eat something and every time you drink something, chances are your mouth is under an acid attack. So with that sealant material in there, if it has fluoride in there, that fluoride is constantly being released. So it's also helping to strengthen the enamel and prevent other things like maybe dental hypersensitivity. So you get a, a two for one, if you right. will. Yeah, no, the dentin hypersensitivity, that's a very good point for someone who's mm -hmm. getting up there in years because, you know, they have some gingival recession. Um, mm -hmm. Do you place sealants in that area or is it just into the grooves of the teeth? 
typically into the grooves of the teeth. Um, but what I always tell people is that typically the things that you're using to prevent caries are some of the same things that are used to prevent dental hypersensitivity. So the addition of the fluoride, some of these materials have calcium and uh, phosphate in them. So these are the things that help to keep the enamel and dentin surface strong. Um, so again, that's that, that two for one benefit. I know there's a lot of sealants on the market, and I know you you know you have a great amount of expertise in this field. So we really want to hear your opinion about what you think a dentist should be looking for, or a dental hygienist, or a dental assistant. Um, what what are the team members looking for? And you can talk about some of the more advanced sealants that are currently on the market. Right. Um, so there's all you know there are a lot of companies that make really really great uh, sealant materials. And um, you know, I'll go back to the one thing that I said, it's not a one size fit all approach. So I think that you need to know your, your patient population. You need to know what it is that you want your material to do. So for me, um, you know, I have a lot of experience treating children. Um, currently as an educator, most of the sealants that we place are for children. Most kids just aren't gonna sit still or you're not gonna be able to isolate. And typically if as a hygienist, you're working by yourself. So I find you need six or seven arms, you know, you're trying to isolate and hold the suction and grab the material and then grab the curing light. So um, I definitely want a material that will allow me um, to, to work in a moist environment. So Pulp Dent has a, a sealant material. It is the Embrace Pit and Fissure Sealant. And I like it for several reasons. Number one, um, it doesn't contain uh, the bisphenol A, BPA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I know a lot of parents were concerned with that. Um, it was linked, there were you know studies a while back that linked the, the addition of these ingredients to behavior issues in children, high blood pressure, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease. So you'll notice when you're starting to, let's, let's say shop for baby bottles. I know I'm not shopping for any, but <laughs> for parents who are, you're gonna see a lot of those containers that say that they don't have those ingredients in there. And so the good thing about the Embrace Pit and Fisher Sealant is that it doesn't have those ingredients. So for that mom who's really concerned about harming the child, that's a plus. Uh, second, it is water loving. So what I'm finding with a lot of the sealant materials or just materials in dentistry um, in general is that they're manipulating a lot of the monomers so that it allows other materials to become more bioavailable. Um, but what Pulp Dent has uh, done with the manipulation of those monomers is that it creates an environment where the materials only will behave well in a, in, in a wet environment. So they love water, right? So Embrace Pit and Fisher Sealant also includes fluoride, calcium, and phosphate. And so calcium and phosphate, um, you know, that is what hydroxyapatite is. Hydroxyapatite is 97% of our enamel surface. And so when you have that embedded into a sealant material, you know that you are putting back into the enamel what is often leached out every time that there's an acid attack in the mouth or the pH is unbalanced. And of course you have that fluoride. Um, Fluoride becomes more bioavailable in the mouth when calcium and phosphate is present. And what the fluoride does is that it creates fluorohydroxyapatite crystals, which is actually less soluble than the hydroxyapatite crystal. So again, you're creating a better environment. That enamel is stronger, that dentin is stronger. And so for me, after my patient leaves my chair, I want that material to still work. And so what happens with the Embrace Pit and Fisher Sealant is that the fluoride is leached out over a period of time. So it doesn't leach out forever, right? It's exhausted after a period of time. So we know that anytime there's um, an acid challenged or the pH is challenged, if there's an event in the mouth, 
that that material is going to leach out. So it, you know, could maybe there's an incipient lesion that may want to get started. It's being protected. We know, uh, excuse me, fluoride has that antimicrobial property. So it just, that's what I look. And then I want something that is going to create a really tight seal, something that's really going to get down into the margins. And so we've really found that to be the case with uh, the Embrace Pit and Fissure Sealant. When you say margins, uh, margins of a restoration or the deep grooves of a virgin tooth? Um, deep grooves of the virgin tooth. So, you know, once that uh, material is in there, I want that tight seal, right? I don't want to six months later come back and find that there's um, an ineffective margin, gaps, gaps mm -hmm. in the margin, right? So thank you for that. Yeah. So um, it just works wonders. As far as the application of Embrace, the embrace pit and fissure sealant by, by Pulptin. Go over the technique as far as applying it, whether you can use an adult or a child, whatever you wish, mm -hmm. um, and talk about isolation, moisture present, right. and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So you always want to make sure you have a tooth surface that is free of debris. So I don't care what sealant material you're using. You always want to make sure that you have a clean tooth surface, right? Um, after that, you want to make sure that you isolate because you can't have the mouth flooded with saliva. So yes, it is water loving and um, does well in a moist environment, but it, you know the mouth can't be flooded with, with saliva. So you definitely want to make sure that you still isolate. So whatever method you use, people are big into rubber dams again, especially um, because of COVID. Um, rubber dams still work really, really well. Um, or with However you choose to isolate, you want to isolate the area, you then want to go ahead and you want to apply the, the etch for about 15 to 20 seconds, and then you want to rinse that off thoroughly. You always want to rinse etch off the tooth thoroughly, okay? Now, typically with uh, sealant material that is not moisture friendly, you would want to make sure that tooth is completely dry, and you don't want to do that. Um, with the Embrace Pit and Fissure Sealant. You want to make sure that it's a little moist. So the tooth surface should glisten a little bit. And sometimes, you know, you have those overactive salivary glands. Sometimes you get a little bit of moisture on the tooth and that is okay in this instance. So once you've, you know, dried the tooth but left it a little moist, you want to go ahead and apply the sealant material. And then from there, you want to go ahead and light cure it um, anywhere from 15 to, to 20 seconds. And then you always want to check the margins. So the, the steps are relatively this, the same. Again, you just don't have to make sure that that tooth is completely dry. And so I think for those of us who have years and years of experience placing sealants, I think back like, oh my gosh, if the tooth could have just been a little wet, we could have gotten through this a lot faster and the, you know, the material wouldn't have popped out the mouth. That's very interesting how this material is so hydrophilic. So with Embrace Pit and Fissure Sealant, what's the infection control protocol so that we make sure that we maintain good infection control practices. So the biggest thing is that you want to make sure that you are changing the tip. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've gone into an office and, you know, I ask for the sealant material and they give me the syringe with the tip that was used on the prior patient. So you always want to make sure that you are replacing the tip in between each patient. You want to also make sure that you are recapping um, the, the syringe you also want to make sure that you're wiping the outside of the syringe. So that's going to be big. So that's been really excellent, Dr. Joy. As we wrap up this podcast, tell us in your experience with all your continued education and, and all the students that you've taught, what is your inspirational message that you want to bring across to our podcast listeners uh, regarding treating patients with sealants and preventative dentistry? 
Wow, there are so many things I can share. Um, so as a dental hygienist, I think the one thing that resonates the most with my audience is when I tell them they have the power to change a life and to save a life. Um, and that's that's huge. I don't think people really realize um, what dental disease can do to someone. A lot of people suffer in silence. We know that people um, can die from an infection that is left untreated. So I think um, when you tell people that, like, I don't just clean teeth, right? I look at my hands and I, I do have the power to save a life. And so for me, I got into this profession because I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to see change. And just with simple preventative measures, you can make the world of a difference for someone. So I would say that's the, the one thing uh, that people take away from me and the one thing that I want them to take away um, at the end of this podcast is that you do have the power to make a difference and in your office I think education speaking to whoever has the purchasing power at your office you know bring the education to them bring the science to them have them really research products it's not always about saving a dollar you know we don't ever want to compromise quality for a dollar. Um, our patients deserve the best, and that's why they come to see us. Yeah, that was very well said. Very, very well said. And um, I think you should make sure that not only your students get this message, the ones that you're teaching through your CE programs, but also your patients. When they sit down in front of you uh, and they're part of your practice, they should be aware of how you're so up to date on what's best for them, you know, and you treat the mouth as a medical treatment process. It's not just a tooth. You're an exemplary teacher and practitioner, and we really appreciate your feedback. And we're very happy that you joined us on this podcast today. Hopefully, you'll be on future ones. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was definitely a pleasure, and I look forward to joining you on future podcasts. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Dr. Trump.